0: Act One of Three Dialogues by Barry Payne. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Three Dialogues by Barry Payne. Act One, Birth.
1: Mr. Arthur Agger.
2: Read by Todd.
3: Lady Rothen. Read by Linda Olson-Fytak. Miss Stewart, read by Alex Brona
2: Mrs Agger read by Beth Thomas
1: Mrs. Blake read by Jessie Percival Mrs. girrder by Eva Davis Mrs. Sturt, read by Marianne.
4: Hon. Rupert Jervis, read by Philip Gould
5: Alicia Theodora Elham
0: Jones, read by Jenna. And narrated by Devorah Allen. The scene is the drawing room in Mrs. Hanford Blake's house in Mayfair. The time is the afternoon, three days after the birth of Alicia Theodora Elton Gervis, daughter of the Honorable Rupert Gervis and Theodora his wife, and granddaughter of Mrs. Hanford Blake. The room is large and fussy. There are only two men in it: Mr. Arthur Agar, a sexagenarian, and Rupert Gervis. They talk apart. At least, Mr. Agger talks, and the young father listens as well as can be expected under the circumstances. Around Mrs. Hanford Blake is gathered a pretty feminine group—Mrs. Agger, who is dark-eyed, red-lipped, and thirty years younger than her husband, Mrs. and Miss Sturt, who are both doing good work, but are less plain than one would have supposed, and Mrs. Hector K. Girder, who is just too perfectly sweet for words. Lady Rothen is upstairs inspecting Alicia Theodora Eltham Gervis, but she will be down directly do wait there is a sound of talk and teacups outside in the hall there is a gentle rain of cards of congratulation and inquiry the muffled knocker is busy and from time to time one hears the soft thud of a sample packet of baby's food in the letter-box
2: yes theo is wonderful the doctor is more than satisfied but that does not prevent me from taking every possible precaution how right right. how How wise wise. i have to exercise my authority a little what is the use of being a grandmother if one doesn't now there's rupert ah yes we are all so fond of him but really at such times the father is a perfect nuisance in the house but for me he would be in and out of theo's room all day i have had to make the strictest rules about it and it's so bad for him too he goes nowhere and does nothing but mope about the house his only occupation is to walk to regent street once a day to buy a ring or bangle
5: for theo now i call that just too sweet why when my little girl was born hector meant well but he didn't know anything but guava jelly the supply of guava jelly got so far ahead of the demand that i had to speak about it not really nancy i'm telling you the truth hector's like that and so are many men when one is ill they get bubbles in their think tanks and guava on the brain and you've got to put up with it
2: i don't know whether mr jervis wants an occupation miss blake but if he does i am sure we could find him one mamma and i are trying to get up a now mrs blake you really must tell us more about that little angel upstairs eight pounds you said and a half
0: oh that's splendid i've looking defiant and speaking rapidly i've got no babies of my own you know but i adore
5: them and know all about them i think the names you have chosen are quite perfect aren't they nancy why yes it's most important to get a child named properly. Now, Hector wanted to call our little girl Georgina Washingtonia, but I wouldn't have it. I'm patriotic, but there is a limit. Why, what do you mean, I said? That's unlucky. Suppose she took it from the name and couldn't tell a lie. How would she get on? It's as bad as making her colorblind. So, we called her Irene Veronica nancy you are
1: altogether beyond personally i have always set my face against even the ordinary social
0: at this moment lady rothan enters in a state of ecstasy hands clasped eyes bright triumphant seen it held it kissed it
3: her not it of course poor mite she's a little woman kissed her her her
5: now lady ruthen you mustn't be so proud we've all been up and we've all taken her
0: lady Rothin, with supreme dignity but she didn't cry
5: when i took her her she only cried with me because she wanted my new hat and i don't blame her i nearly cried myself before I persuaded Hector that I couldn't live without it. That's a child with ideas. That's a child that will get on.
2: I think I should care for hats, too. If only I could put out of my mind the many toiling
0: millions who never know what it is to have even the simplest. Arthur Agar, aside to his wife.
2: I say, what's the devil's the use of sticking here?
0: Can't we go? Oh, Arthur,
2: I'm taking Nancy to Paquin's in the Brom. You can't come there. You had better take a taxi to your club. What? A taxi? Stuff and nonsense. I'll take the bus.
0: The Aggers and Mrs. Gerter go out. Rupert Gervas makes for the door, but is swept back again by a rolling tide of sturt. They pin him in a corner and tell him all about a cottage hospital. Lady Rothen becomes suddenly confidential in her manner.
3: Jane i oughtn't to say it i suppose but i hate that woman what mrs Gerder? oh no she's a darling in spite of her frivolity she's a good wife and a good mother it isn't mrs agger that i hate that woman dishonours her sex but my dear
2: you surprise me i have never heard a word against mrs agger
3: not the faintest breath of scandal i don't mean that it's her marriage makes me furious her beauty even now is a joy to look at she had youth health and the sweetest ways she would have been a bride for a king among men and she marries that thing do you mean to tell me that she or any woman could by any possibility love that disgusting brute Really i can't help it it makes my blood boil men of that type should be made to understand that with all their wealth there are some things that they can't buy women who marry them are traitors to their sex well my dear i don't know he's not nice to look at
2: and his manners and customs are slightly what shall i say repulsive is a good word well, they certainly are not tempting, but everybody is agreed that he's the kindest of husbands. She spends money like water and has everything she wants. Everything? Well, it's no good breaking her heart about that. She is in many ways a most fortunate woman, and I don't know that we have any fair grounds for saying that she isn't fond of her husband. All women are not alike any sign of strength tells and his big fortune is a sign of strength or unscrupulousness he's generous she's grateful and how far is it from gratitude to love about as far as from the earth to the moon and back don't you believe the sentimentalists my dear or the cynics either i've seen many such marriages arrange themselves very well indeed in practice it ought to turn out all wrong, but in my experience it doesn't.
3: And I'm an old woman now. You? You're the youngest grandmother in London. We won't quarrel, Jane, but I warn you that if you are Alicia's grandmother, I am her godmother, and I will never let her make a marriage like that. Well now,
2: my dear, what sort of husband would you approve for, Alicia?
0: Lady Rothen unhesitatingly a soldier
2: i know you will think me sadly unromantic but i cannot agree with you we three women you theo and i have the child's happiness to consider and what is superficially attractive is not always the most conducive to happiness in the long run your soldier might be very desirable in every other way but there are the risks of his profession to be considered Think of Alicia, left perhaps at the age of thirty, with a lifelong sorrow and loneliness. On the other hand, if she married a capitalist, she need not necessarily take the oldest and the ugliest. He would not be exposing himself to any such risks.
3: No, they generally take good care of themselves.
2: There would be no fear that she might lose her husband before they had been married a year,
0: perhaps. No fear? You mean no hope? Mrs. Blake, rather warmly.
2: "'Really, I think you let your tongue run
3: away with you. You cannot seriously mean—'
0: Lady Rothen, with equal warmth. "'I assure you that whatever you may think about it—' At this moment, Rupert Gervas and Mrs. and Miss Sturt come forward together.
4: "'Well, what's all the quarrel about?'
0: Lady Rothen and Mrs. Blake suddenly realize what the quarrel really is about.
3: Jane, if you tell him, I'll never speak to you again.
2: I don't dream of telling
3: him. It's nothing that concerns you, my dear Rupert,
2: at least not at present.
4: All right. Regular bag of mysteries this house is nowadays.
2: He goes to the door. You are not to go up to Theo.
0: Rupert, gloomily.
4: All right. Wasn't going to. Only fetching my book
1: he has been kind enough to promise us a donation for one of our charities you were more fortunate than i lady Rothen. alicia was asleep when i saw her
3: isn't she adorable to think that there is a new little life come into the world that little bundle of flannel how many hearts she may break she may have an
2: influence
1: over men
3: she may change the map of europe
1: she may alter our theory of the universe
3: i wonder what she would say if she could know what lies before her here she is and she doesn't know what is to happen to her she was never asked here she is poor mite, and she has got to go through with it really i wonder what she would say
0: the door opens as rupert returns envelope in hand from the upper story of the house is heard, faintly in protest, the voice of Alicia Theodora Eltham Gervis. A. T. E. Gervis, in the distance. Nothing wrong with her lungs, at any rate. Rupert, handing the envelope to Mrs. Sturt.
4: Here's that, uh...
1: Thank you so much. I always find it easy to get money from people who have just had a great joy or a great sorrow i wonder why it is
4: reason upset i suppose
1: i expect he adores
3: the child doesn't he
4: if i may be allowed an opinion he doesn't what no i'm not particularly fond of it i'm naturally slow and i don't know it well enough "'I shall get fond of it, but I can't manage the instantaneous enthusiasm and interest that you all can. "'You've settled its marriage already, haven't you?' "'There
3: may have been something,' said. "'I didn't know you were listening.'
4: "'Wasn't. Conjectured it. You've mapped out a career for her. "'You've settled whether she is to be buried or cremated, "'and how she ought to leave any property of which she may have a disposing power.' The way of a woman with a baby astounds me, especially when it's somebody else's baby. How do you manage to fall in love instantaneously with a three-day old infant who talks like this?
0: He opens the door a t e Gervis in the distance We are just going
3: if you would like to run up, Jane, to see that everything's all right. I confess, I didn't quite like the sound of that cry.
4: Nor did I.
2: It sounded to me as if the child were in pain. I think I should like to reassure myself. But don't go.
0: Must, unfortunately. Good-byes, kiss-pecking. Mrs. Blake goes up to the nursery. Rupert, with almost indecent alacrity, scoops Lady Rothen into her brougham, removes the two stirts, who will walk, and closes the front door. He surveys the empty hall.
4: Coast clear? That's all right.
0: He slithers stealthily and rapidly up the stairs to Theo's room. End of Act One